Hi everyone, this is Stefan. I hope you're doing all well out in the world and enjoying things as much as possible. This Insight episode is taken from episode 28 of the podcast with Fiona Noonan. Fiona is a professor of environment and development at the University of Birmingham in the UK. In the clip, Michael, Fiona, and I discuss institutional analysis, why it is useful, and how it's a bridging theme in Fiona's book, Governing Renewable Natural Resources, Theories and Frameworks, published by Routledge earlier this year. So thanks to all of you for listening. This is the Finding Sustainability Podcast. It seems when, when you're going through the list there of the different different approaches it seems institutional analysis is Mm. as one of those topics which you could weave through a lot of the chapters Mm. and it seems that yourself and some of your previous work as you mentioned before is also focused on institutional analysis and I think it'd be helpful for people to hear from you a little bit like what where do you see the state of institutional analysis what is institutional analysis kind of in natural resource governance in general, yeah. I mean, it's why is it such an important feature of, of analyzing yeah. renewable resources or environmental governance in general? Yeah, I think that's a really important observation. And I think um, institutions are core and they are really just fundamental. Um, and I think they are actually just to our everyday lives. And that, and that's why they're so fundamental to governance, because, you know, they they rules of the game sort of influence how we interact with um, other people, with how we react to any circumstances. Um, so I think that um, you, know, you just can't avoid them in, in um, natural resource governance, because what we're ultimately talking about is um, uh, interactions between people or uh, relationships between people. Um, and I think that institutions are embedded in how we interact. And I think in terms of um, how people approach institutional analysis, we still very much have uh, what Frances Cleaver would distinguish between sort of mainstream institutionalism, which she associates with common property theory and, of course, Elena Rostrom's work, etc. And then critical institutionalism, which um, she would argue that um, great places much greater emphasis on institutions that emerge or evolve rather than are designed um, and that, you know, that alter over time as people um, change their behaviour or circumstances change. So, but I think it's, I think it's important that we, we keep that plurality of approaches to analysing institutions and perhaps try more to bring in perspectives from outside the area of, of commons and natural resource governance, because there are many other approaches to analysing institutions, different terminologies used. And I think that can be quite a, a challenging issue for us. But still, I think it's, it's good to bring in different perspectives, different lenses to analyse the same issue and see if it can bring in different insights. So I think institutional analysis will remain really important. But I think it's good to keep that plurality going. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a lot here. How, so we're talking about the use of different approaches to understand a common phenomenon. And that seems very healthy to me. And then to me, a a big part of the subsequent challenge is how do you get folks to kind of learn across those boundaries? So Traditionally, so I was trained to be kind of more of the first type of institutionalist, thinking about institutions as rules of the game, and then got it, you know, 
got exposed to people like Jack Knight and a bunch of folks that talk about how institutions are really about power and they are the expression of frequently power asymmetries. And there's been, I think, just to a fair extent, a healthy back and forth about how much can we view institutions as being about solving problems and how much are they about, you know, people with interests kind of wanting to get what they want. And in my own mind, I feel like um, whenever there's this kind of like A versus B framing and that's not exactly the space we're in, I feel like we can fall into a trap where a lot of the dialogue ends up being, well, it's either one or the other. And I think that's almost that's kind of like a psychological trap we fall into where it's like, well, if I was trained this way, then I kind of want to other this other thing. So I'm curious about what your experiences have been in getting these approaches, you know, to to talk to each other in a productive way. For example, these two kind of institutionalisms. Mm. It seems to me quite obvious. Well, you know, that institutions are play a key role in solving collective action problems, but also institutions reflect history and power dynamics. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we get those two perspectives to talk to each other and equally kind of the people that are associated with those different perspectives to talk to each other? Have you Has that gone well in your mind or are there still kind of persistent challenges in learning across those approaches? I, 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 think, um, I think there's still a long way to go is my impression. Um, you may okay. be a better place than, than me to know the answer to that. But from my um knowledge and, and interaction with, with maybe more mainstream thinking on institutions i think there is a long way to go uh, there's a nice uh, chapter in um, the book by claire barnes where she um starts with uh, more sort of traditional mainstream um, institutional analysis using the institutional analysis um framework mm-hmm. um and development framework but um and then brings in more of a critical perspective, having sort of found in her field work um, how important the sort of culturally, sort of socially embedded institutions were. Um, so I think um, I think you're right that um, they're not mutually exclusive and they can really enrich each other because I think in terms of um, sort of thinking about these sort of socially embedded um, institutional approach and critical institutionalism. I think even that can only go so far because I think it would be um, naive of us to think that there are never going to be efforts to try to improve the governance arrangements and try to design, if you like, institutions. But I think, you know, if you were to do that, n- knowing that you need to be aware of what's already there, that there isn't an institutional vacuum and that right. institutions will interact. And so what you're you may be co-designing um, and and trying to introduce a new approach that that itself m- might change over time and it might look different between locations. I think if you can, you know, try to move towards more adaptive and flexible approaches, you know, that might be a way that we can learn, you know, much more from each other and accept the limitations in terms um, sort of either approach. Yeah. It would be nice to, I mean, this is something that Stefan and I have thought about for a while, to um, share resources and, and pedagogical resources to help people be exposed to these different approaches. Because it's very easy to kind of spend 30 seconds thinking about something and then problematize it and then kind of dismiss it. So it's like, well, that approach can only go so far, so I'm not going to really pay all that much attention to it. And your brain has kind of done that before you've even really paid very much attention to it. So I think it'd be it'd be nice to even like I don't know if there is right a, a course on 
mixed approach mixed approaches to institutional analysis right so it's from blueprints to to post something i don't know how to call yeah. it right that sounds excellent yeah yeah i mean i would take it i mean yeah. i think we're all excited by it anyway yeah, yeah. no i like that idea yeah and i'm not um i'm not aware of one yeah i mean i'm not either maybe maybe a listener can let us know yeah right <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the conversations we're having, feel free to follow us on Twitter or to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. You can find us on most podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also listen and find the show notes for each episode on our website, along with other projects related to the Environmental Social Science Network.